Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It's the law of using what I have. If I don't, I actually lose. A perfect example of that is exercise. For instance, your heart. Your heart is a muscle. And most people say, well, if I want a healthy heart, I just need to rest it. (sighs) Well, there's a little truth in that. But really, you know what a healthy heart comes from? Good, balanced what? Exercise. If you've ever had knee or shoulder surgery, you know about the importance of physical therapy. Working the weakened joint is critical, not only for healing the affected area, but to rebuild the strength of the joint. It's the same in the spiritual realm, as Pastor Mark will be teaching today. You'll find out about this home church in Italy that had gotten weak spiritually and needed to go through rehab. You'll learn what's needed for you to get stronger spiritually, what things can weaken you if you're not careful. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 3 as he continues his message, The Cure for Immaturity. The scripture says in 1 Peter, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. For instance, this new class we have coming that Stan's going to teach on the Trinity. Great thing for you to know. When the Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses come to your door, if you're unknowledgeable, You should just say, thank you, I'm a born-again Christian. I have the Bible. I believe in my Bible, not your Bible. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by. But if you have a little wisdom, maybe God will open you to direct them and say, well, let's talk about Jesus. Who is he to you? Really? I don't think you believe that. I was talking with one of the elders who quizzed one of the Mormons recently. And they said they believe something they absolutely do not believe. But it is biblical. So you won't know that unless you study. Here's a class we're going to offer on Tuesday nights. Some of you want to go say, well, I can't come Wednesday. I can only come one night a week. Fine, go to Tuesday. That's not a problem with us. We have lots of things for you to go to. And just let the Lord lead you in all of that. Now look at verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And you say, Pastor Mark, if I'm to feed myself and I'm to train myself, does that mean that's going to do away with you? 
Are you going to do yourself out of a job? Out of a calling? No. The pastor teacher is always part of the body of Christ. We never do ourselves out of the calling. But you are to be part of this. Now, here's the problem. That word constant use in the original language means two things. Habit and practice. So here's the problem. No maturity. Little spiritual discernment. What does that mean? They don't know how to do life right. That's the whole reason you're here. That's the whole reason I'm here, is to know how to be a right boss, how to be a parent, how to be a good husband, how to interact with people, how to learn what God wants us to do, and to obviously to discover his will. What's the solution to it? Put into practice what you're learning by constant use. Going in one ear and out the other didn't do a bit of good because it didn't get to my heart. And it didn't get to my feet or my hands. As I was studying, I came across this, and I thought it was so powerful. To know and not to do is not to know at all. Whoa. Pretty powerful. Remember, James talked about that. Don't just be a hearer of the word. It's useless. But you have to be a doer. So... We're to be capable of instructing others specifically on the elemental truths. And when we fail to pass on what we know, I didn't have time to get into this. Let me just say this to you. There's something I believe the Bible teaches. If I don't use what God has me to use, I really lose. I don't stay even. I go backwards. And to be useful, I have to use the gifts and the word that God has for me. And it's the law of using what I have. If I don't, I actually lose. A perfect example of that is exercise. For instance, your heart. Your heart is a muscle. And most people say, well, if I want a healthy heart, I just need to rest it. (sighs) Well, there's a little truth in that. But really, you know what a healthy heart comes from? Good, balanced what? Exercise. It has to be exercise. Well, Pastor Micah walked around the block. It took me 45 minutes to go three houses, but I walked. Well, what happened to the heart? I mean, you never, you never even, unless she was 95, there wasn't even a bead of sweat on you. So to get the heart healthy, you have to what? You have to get the heart rate up. You have to move a little bit. So I walk three days a week, but I have a Schwinn Airdyne, or I sweat. I just have to sweat. I build a heart up. That's the way. It's a muscle. Well, spiritually, you have to exercise yourself. And we exercise ourselves by doing the Word of God. That's where it comes from. That's where the healthy part comes. See, the Bible isn't just for my information. It's for my transformation. That's the whole goal of the Bible. To be changed. So when you come to the understanding of God, I'm going to give you some marks of maturity. Notice it says, have trained themselves to distinguish discernment between good and evil. Here's a mark of maturity. As we mature in the Lord, we can discern God's will for ourselves. What the will of God is. 
Now, that doesn't mean we don't go to other people. And for instance, the elders, we meet every two weeks usually. And we discuss things. And we bounce things off each other. And we pray. And we need multitude of counsel very often. But in our own private lives, my wife and I today were sitting down talking about Anitzan. We're going to do some more tonight, try to discern the will of God. We can discern the will of God because we go back to the principles of the word of God. And it doesn't mean I can't ask for help. I do that quite often, in fact. But I don't always have to do that because as I mature in the Lord, I just know what the right thing to do is. Some of them, we would say, are no-brainers. But for a new Christian, they're like, I don't know what to do here. And so you have to be kind, and you have to be gentle. And when you talk to those individuals, they're new. They're trying to learn what to do, just as our children are. When they get on a bike, what's the deal with them, right? All you just get on the bike and go, go, go. That's why we have training wheels. They don't know how to do it yet. So understand, as I mature, one of the great benefits is I get some spiritual discernment. I can decide what God wants in my life. There's a book. I didn't believe it when I read it, but there is. There's a book that's titled 77 Habits of Highly Ineffective Christians. 77 Habits. Let me read you just three of them. Number one, dichotomize your life. Truly ineffective Christians apportion their lives into secular and sacred compartments. In other words, if you want to be an ineffective Christian, you serve God on Sunday, the other six days of the week, It's your deal. That's a totally ineffective Christian. There's no secular and no spiritual sacred component. Number 12, big one, highly ineffective habit. Be a spiritual sponge. And that's all you do with it. Ever pick up a wet sponge? Never as useless. Absolutely useless. Here's number 20. A highly ineffective Christian out of 77. Some of you probably run right out and try to buy the book. See, there's me, there's me right there. Seek the quick self-help solution. Always look for easy answers and always trust your instincts. That's ineffective. So if I'm going to grow, this writer says you have to train yourself. You have to continue to learn the word. And how do I do it? By constant use, not by constant listening, not by constant study, not by constant word study. It's take what I hear, what I read, what I memorize, what I'm taught, and put it into practice. Every other aspect of ministry comes out of spiritual maturity. Healthy sheep reproduce. So all of those things happen. I look at chapter 6. Therefore, verse 1, let us leave the elemental teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. So Paul says, it's time to move on. Don't get stuck there. It was a nice foundation. It's time to leave and move on. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. There's that foundation. Notice, everything here is about Christ. That's our first deal in our five C's. A committed 
follower of Christ. It's all about Christ. No, let your roots go down in him. Let your lives be built on him. Let your, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. If you and I are mature Christians, we'll be thankful people. You won't be a griper. You won't be a complainer. You won't always be looking for the negative. That's not a mature Christian. Because most of those little things don't matter at all. Now, when we look at Paul, we think, man, there's a guy that had it together. Is it? I mean, really, one of my spiritual idols is I look at Paul. Tremendous man in the ministry. Let me read to you at the beginning of his ministry. Philippians. Yet I could have confidence in myself if anyone could. If others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have an even more. This is really before he came to Christ. For I was circumcised when I was eight years old, having been born in a pure-blooded Jewish family that is a branch of the tribe of Benjamin. So I'm a real Jew, if there ever was one. What's more, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And zealous? That's me. Yes. In fact, I harshly persecuted the church and I obeyed the Jewish law so carefully that I was never accused of a fault. Wow. That's what he felt about himself as he entered into the walk with God. Here he is, toward the end of his ministry. He's almost gone. Listen to him in 1 Timothy. This is a trustworthy saying, says Paul, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them. What? What? Here's another mark of maturity. Remain humble and teachable. But Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian 50 years. Yes. So? You arrived? You there? No. We're never there. Paul said, as he looked back at his life, I'm the worst of sinners. Didn't mean he did that in practice, but he realized he was so far from being what God wanted him to be that he remained humble, and he remained teachable. This is really for those of you that have been saved a long time, or you've been involved in ministry a long time. Be careful. We're back to that listener that's super spiritual. And I've heard this teaching on Hebrews, and for crying out, I'm going through that again. Did you get anything? Yeah, but there's these two points that you didn't bring out. We're back to the same thing again. See, Paul said, remember? He said, I just, I just haven't arrived yet. So, I want to challenge pastors that are here and the elders that are here and those of you that have been saved many years, your mature followers. We never reach full maturity. Say it with me. We never reach full maturity. Be careful. Well, I'm an elder. And I'm the senior pastor. I never reach it. I got a long way to go. If you think you've reached it, there's a fall coming. We never reach it. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. You see the heart of Paul... As he finishes this, 
Philippians chapter 3. You're going to be in verse uh, the New King James or New Living, whatever you have. I'm going to do the New Living translation for you. Just follow along whatever you have. Verse 12. This is a beautiful thing for those of us that have been serving the Lord a long time. This is a new living. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on one thing. I forget the past, and I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. Focus on one thing. Pastor and elders are working their way through a just a neat little book called Simple Church. The one thing that Paul was looking to, he had one single goal in his life. We find it in Romans 8, 29. Paul wrote it. He understood it. This was his pursuit. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Remember I told you at the beginning of the teaching, our model is not a man. It's Jesus Christ. He's always our model. Paul understood the simplicity and the power of a single goal. To think like Christ. To be like Christ. And to minister like Christ. That's maturity. Just simple and plain. Christ, the model. Pursuing Christ-likeness. Jesus was into that simplification. Jesus said, you can take all the Old Testament commands and you can put them into how many? Two. Where to? You can say it with me. Love God and love others. Where to? Love God and love others. Now, how difficult is that? It's very difficult. It's simple, but it's very difficult. How many had a little struggle with it? one of those funky, difficult people already this week? Did you? I did. Somebody came to mind and I went, in the name of you. No, I can't do that. I have to love them. You say it wasn't me? I won't tell you. Look on verse 14. He had one goal, to be like Christ. Look at verse 14, New Living Translation. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. I'm going to pursue Christ-likeness. So here's a mark of maturity. One more. We learn from our past And we live and grow in the now. That's a sign of maturity. A sign of immaturity is complaining about where you are now. I wish it was like the old days or what happened there. I can't understand why God let me go through that. No, we don't live in the past. We live right now. Now, we have hope for the future, but we live here right now. That's a sign of maturity. Now, you might say, Pastor Mark, Is there anything we do in this church that's a picture of spiritual maturity? (laughs) Well, is it? Absolutely it is. 
if you're accomplishing those things through the power of the Spirit, that's spiritual maturity. You're committing, you're a follower, you're celebrating. Remember, you're a thankful person. You're connecting to other people. You're doing what Jesus said to do, love others. You're communicating the good news, and you're going to see that one here in a moment. And you're contributing your time. Remember, you're teaching others your talents. You're maturing on. What was? Why do I put up there, communicate the good news to everyone everywhere? Jesus came to this earth. You know one major goal he had? Luke 19, to seek and to save that which was lost. So that was his goal. So here's another mark of maturity. You might not think so, but it is. Another mark of maturity is we have Jesus' passion for the lost. Pastor Mark, I just want to understand end time stuff and I like revelations and I like Daniel. If I can get it all down and mapped out, cool, that's good. We're going to go to a little bit in Matthew chapter 24 when we get there. That's not really a sign of maturity. A sign of maturity is you have the heart of Jesus. Remember, he's the model. And he had a heart for the lost. He had a heart for the lost. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, would you? And we've got one more and we're done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And we also thank God continually. And this is my thank you to you. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but as it actually is. The word of God. Notice here. Which is at work in you who believe. Just put your name right there in your Bibles. Write your name. He's at work in you tonight. And he's maturing you. And he's growing you. The word is active in you. It's living in you. It never returns void. And here's the last little tidbit for tonight. Spiritual growth is all about God's potential for you. Achieve it. He has great potential. Ephesians 2.10 says, for you. He has a goal. His goal is for you to mature, to be like Christ in every aspect. I decided to write Hebrews 5 over to people who did listen, who were learning, who were putting it into practice. Here's kind of how it would go. The writer would write to the Hebrews, Thanks for learning and growing so quickly. Your ability to teach others shows that you are growing and able to handle the Word of God with skill. Now enjoy your continued growth as you become more and more like Christ. Today, Pastor Mark talked about what it looks like for a Christ follower to be maturing. You heard the writer of Hebrews tell the church he was addressing that they should be teachers instead of still being at the basic stage. You probably realize that when you mature that you'll be able to give advice or instruction to younger, less mature Christ followers. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes Pastor Mark's teaching, The Cure for Immaturity. Next time, he'll begin the message, The Dangers of Backsliding and Apostasy. You'll find out what those terms mean, and you'll be introduced to the theories of Calvinism and Arminianism. You'll hear about the writer of Hebrews' concern for those he was writing to in regard to their salvation. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.